What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello. And there was not much sports news this week, so we just have kind of three fun segments um, uh, for you guys. So we'll just dive. Um, also, sorry if we have some audio issues. There's been some audio issues between us, but um, hopefully it'll be okay. We'll just dive right in. So the draft deadline is, I believe, March 25th. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But Trade deadline, not draft deadline. Oh, my bad, my bad. But, um, yeah, so um, it's coming up. It's, yeah. you know, almost a month. So we decided right now to predict three trades that could happen. them. We ran them through the ESPN NBA trade machine, right, Gabe? Yeah. Um, yes, you we ran did. them through it? Yeah, we did. Um, and we each have three trades for you guys. Um, Gabe, why don't you start off with your first? I'll start off with my first. The key player in this trade is it's Kyle Lowry. It, he's heading to Philadelphia for Tyrese Maxey, Danny Green, Matisse Tybull, and a first-round pick. Mm. Um, I think Matisse this would make Tybal. sense. Matisse mm-hmm. Tybull? What about him? Yeah. yeah. I just said. Wait, Danny Green, Matisse oh. Tybull, and Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey and a first. Okay. All right. I think it would it make sense for the the Sixers, it give Philly another shot creator on the perimeter, which they need right now. And it, they could put out a starting five, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, and Kyle Lowry. That's absurd, right? I mean, yeah. Maybe on Lowry on the bench, which could also work, but it would leave the Sixers with very little bench depth as those are three key bench players right now. But I think it also makes sense for the Raptors because they are, they're in a rebuilding period, right? It works. I, I really like Tyrese Maxey. And I think he has the potential to turn himself into a real big offensive threat that the Raptors are trying to reset. Tyrese Maxey is an excellent, excellent trade piece for them. Uh, Danny Green is in this trade to make up the money, really, right? But he's a veteran. He can shoot. He's played for Toronto. He won a ring with the Raptors. So, So here's what I think about this. I don't think you need to put in a first because, if anything, this trade is not fair for the Sixers without the first. I don't think you do. At most, a second. I don't think you need to put in a first, and here's why. Um, um, Tyrese Maxey, if you're losing him, that's not good because he's a great player. In just his rookie year, when he's averaging 16.9 minutes a game, he's getting 8.9 points a game with 1.8 assists, 1.9 boards, but then he has a field goal percentage of 44%, which is amazing. Solid on defense, pretty fast player, great athlete. And then Matisse Teibel, not a huge scorer, um, never puts up a lot of points per game, but he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Um, and he is pretty good from three. He doesn't shoot it a lot, 
but he's solid from three. And I think Matisse Tybal is a great player, even if he's not good on offense. If you just have one guy that doesn't really do anything on offense, but is one of the best defenders in the NBA, that's a valuable player to have. And I'm not sure if I do that for a 34-year-old Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is great. Don't get me wrong. I really like Kyle Lowry. And it could make sense just because they're in full win now mode. But I don't know if you let go of Matisse. Yeah, that's my big thinking in this. I don't know if you let go of Matisse Tybal and Tyrese Maxey. That that my big thinking trade is the Sixers are one hundred percent win now mode. They haven't with both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on this roster, but they have found a way to do that with this roster. Right, they are in full win now mode. And especially if you're uh, trading for someone that they, might come off the bench. I don't. I think he might come off the bench, but I don't think he does. I think they do put out that lineup of Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, and Kyle Lowry. Well, it would be. It right? would be. He's putting. It would be Kyle. No, it would be Ben Sim. They just put Ben Simmons back at the three or four, and it would be um, uh, Kyle Lowry, Seth Curry, uh, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Embiid. It wouldn't be Kyle Lowry later. Well, that's what I mean, obviously. I'm just listening yeah, okay. to the players. He's obviously Kyle. Right, he's like 6'1". Yeah. Um, we but, didn't hear what you – Gabe, you glitched out for a sec. We didn't hear what you said there. Can you repeat it? Yeah. I said, obviously, Kyle Lowry's not going to be playing center. But yeah. he's averaging 17.7 points per game with six and a half assists and five and a half rebounds on – Pretty, pretty solid shooting, shooting yeah, 45% the more I look from at the it, field. The more I look at it, I think... 38% from three. The more I look at it, I what? think it might be a good trade. I'm just stuck on the fact that Kyle Lowry may give you one, will give you one, maybe two years of good play, and then he's gone. Right. That's... The only, the only way that that's a good trade is if within one or two years you win a championship. Which I think the Sixers can that's why I did this trade. That's why I have this. So why don't you move on to your first one? All right. My first one, you know, I'll save my most blockbuster one for last, I guess. I'm doing that too. Yeah, so I'll go with my next one. And well, I don't know if this is a top three trade that I would put, but I had to get one Wizards trade out here. Um, and so mm-hmm. we are sending Raul Nito, Anthony. Neto. Gitt- Isn't it Neto? I don't know. Raul Neto, Anthony, and Anthony Gill to the Timberwolves for Josh Okogi. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I did this because the Timberwolves are in desperate need of a backup point guard. The Timberwolves have Ricky Rubio, and then their next guy is Jordan McLaughlin, who's really a shooting guard. They don't really have a backup point guard at all. So Raul Neto Mm -hmm. would be a good addition for them. And Raul Raul Neto has been definitely better than we thought he would be for the Wizards this year. I mean, he's in – I mean, he's not in, you know – 19.2 19.2 minutes per game. He got 7.7 points. He doesn't get a lot of assists, but he's 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 shooting fine. Or he's shooting he's shooting fine with 35% from three. But he has a great field percentage, 44%. He has a two point percentage of 50 of one percent. He's 81% from the line. And I think just as a backup point mm-hmm. guard. And now, 
Anthony Gale is really just there so that it works out with the cap. Um, and the reason, one of the reasons the Wizards would do this is because they got Raul Neto as their second best. Their third best point guard on their roster, who would then still be able to be their backup, is Ish Smith. Ish Smith not getting a lot of minutes this year because it's been Raul Neto, or it's been him too, but it's been more Raul Neto. But last year, in 26 minutes per game, he averaged 10, 10.9 points four and 4.9 assists. You know, I mean, he's not a – he shot 36% from the line to not um, – from three, so not great there. But, like – or nor was he great from the line, but he's a pretty good player – who I think he's a player that I think is pretty good. And I think for Josh Okogie, it's, um, it's worth trading um, your other point guard. And the Josh Okogie is a great fit for the Wizards because Josh Okogie mm-hmm. is kind of a, you know, shooting guard, small, not really small forward, but Josh Okogie does one thing. He plays defense. Josh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Josh Okogie is a great defender, right. and the Wizards are debatably the worst defender in the defensive team in the NBA. Josh Okogie doesn't put up good stats on offense. He's not good on offense. Last year, 8.6 points, which actually wasn't bad, which actually isn't terrible for 25 minutes, especially when you're that good on defense. But this year, 19.3 minutes, only 4.7 points per game. You're not getting him to score points. You're getting him... Um, because you're debatably the worst defensive team in the NBA, and he's locked down on the perimeter. He gets a lot of turnovers. Last year, averaged 1.4 turnovers per game. Even gets some blocks, you know, on the perimeter. He he does one thing and one thing only. He plays defense, and that's what we need. I can tell you, as a Wizards fan, that that's what we need, and that's why this would be a good trade for them. I I, I agree, it'd be a good trade, Josh Kogi, He's a Great young player, in my opinion. As you said, he's such a good perimeter defender, right? Wizards uh, maybe are the worst defensive team in the NBA. They're they're hot right now. If they can make the right trade, I think they push. But uh. Yeah, I yeah. Josh and it's player. it's not even just a good trade for the Wizards. It's a good trade for the Timberwolves because Josh Okogie has been their backup right. shooting guard, but he's been even not not always playing as much as their other backup shooting guard, Jalen Noel. So you give him away and get someone that you're actually uh-huh. going to use more at your backup point guard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I guess I'll move on to my second trade. It's this not a blockbuster trade, but it's a trade that I think could definitely happen. It is sending Eric Bledsoe to the Denver Nuggets for Will Barton and a 2023 second round pick. Um, I think Nuggets really improve on perimeter defense, which they desperately need because Jamal Murray's really not a good defender. And it lets Jamal Murray run the run the two, especially because playmate, he's not a great player playmaker right I think it can help them move further in the playoffs really strengthen their championship contender like make them championship contenders even more than they already are right he yeah Eric Bledsoe people call him he's bad in the playoffs but who who cares I mean obviously that's important but I I don't know I think 
I think it's a good trade. And I'm going to say also don't really need to rely on his offense in the playoffs, but let take his defense, let Murray and Jokic score. And I think he can also help in the regular season. I think it's, it's a steal for the Nuggets in this trade. But I think the Pelican, the Pelicans make this trade because I, I don't know. It's just Eric Bledsoe. He, he is not being played in New Orleans. Pelicans don't really need him. Get back another three and D player, right? And it also lets younger players like Josh Hart and Kira lose to get more playing time. I think that if the Nuggets could get this trade done, that would be an, an amazing move because, you know, Gary Harris, meh, he'd be pretty good at solid for a backup shooting guard. You get Eric Bledsoe there. You get rid of Will Barton. You start Michael Porter Jr. there. If you need to as a backup, you could get P.J. Dozier there, or you just run three guards, which a lot of teams do. Um, and uh, I just don't know how this makes sense for the Pelicans. You're getting rid of Eric Bledsoe for Will Barton, who's not even going to start. You're trading your backup shooting guard for someone that would – play behind Brandon Ingram and you even have Josh Hart to back him up I just don't really think he fits on that team Eric Bledsoe does not want to play New Orleans right I it doesn't feel like he wants well, to play you New could Orleans, at least right? I'm, I'm gonna I would you I'm gonna quote my favorite 2k youtuber king of the fourth quarter here he said it feels like he's gonna don't want to be here right I think the Pelicans ship them off. They continue to grow their youth. Pelicans played the Celtics the other night. Eric Bledsoe didn't play in overtime during a big comeback run, right? I, I agree that Eric, I, I agree that Eric Bledsoe um, gets traded. I just don't like. I don't think Will Barton's a good fit for the Pelicans. You have Brandon Ingram, then you have Josh Hart backing him up. Like where, like then you have Josh Hart not playing that much, like, you don't really need Will Barton. I think you trade him for, you know, a guard that you need. I, I just don't – I don't know. I, I, I picked up the Nuggets because they are a team in contention to push for a playoffs – for not for a playoff spot, for a championship, right? They are a win-now team looking to buy at the deadline. I picked the Denver Nuggets. Will Barton, money matched. Maybe you give up a better pick, maybe a, like a 2022 first, but I think right. I, I like this trade. All right. So I'll, your go, one? I'll go with my next trade, which is I have the Thunder um, uh, sending George Hill to the Jazz in return for Royce O'Neal and Aduko as a bouquet. Um, now, George Hill is George Hill's a good player, and the Jazz need a backup point guard. Um, the Jazz, um, right now, obviously, their starters Mike Conley, but behind him, you know, Donovan Mitchell's at the two, and Jordan Clarkson's at two. You got, I mean, you're not really running someone at a, at the, at a pier one. When you have the George Hill was a good player. He's been starting a lot for OKC this year. Twenty six minutes a game, eleven point eight points per game. Um, 
And this trade also makes sense for the Thunder because the Thunder are not having a good year. Um, what's their record? Um, I had it on me. They are the Thunder are 12 and 19, 13th in the Western Conference. Right now, they're getting towards going to rebuilding, you know. Um, and two younger guys, Royce O'Neal has been solid this year. Um, for the Jazz, even in li- in limited minutes, um, he's 27 year old, so he is a bit of a younger guy, um, at least in terms compared to George Hill. In the in the limited minutes, he's getting oh, he's actually he's had a lot of minutes this year. He's getting 7.6 points per game, um, and then Aduko as a bouquet, just another another. Um, young guy. He was their second round pick last year, I believe. Um, hasn't really done anything much this year, but he hasn't really gotten any minutes. He's averaging, uh, well, um, hasn't really done much this year. I mean, he's averaging four minutes a game. Um, so you just get another young guy there. And I think this makes sense for both teams because for the Thunder, you got Royce O'Neal, a younger player, but that's already a little bit established. And you get Aduko Azubuke, just a young project player. And it makes sense for the Jazz because you're a win-now team. So you can take George Hill, even though he's old, and just put him at that backup point guard spot. Right. I, I agree. Jazz are in full win-now mode. Um. They're another team looking to deadline. George Hill is a solid backup point guard. He's played in Utah before, right? Royce O'Neal, really like him. He's a legendary, legendary 2K career player for me. That's besides the point. Like Royce O'Neal and the Thunder are great at developing young players. I like this trade. I guess I will move on to my third one. This is the blockbuster one I guess I have. It involves the Portland Trailblazers and the Atlanta Hawks. Detroit Portland Trailblazers receive Rajon Rondo, Tony Snell, and John Collins in an extended. So they extend John Collins and flip into the Blazers. And then the Hawks receive C.J. McCollum. Um, Portland has won six straight games. I think they can afford to replace C.J. McCollum with, with, with Gary Trent Jr., who really showed up in the playoffs last year for them. Um, I like John Collins. I think Hawks will lack even more offense in the backcourt than they already do, but that's how the Hawks play right now with all offense, no defense, but I like this trade for, for John Collins. Again, I don't, like, I really like John Collins. I don't know. You got to put in a first-round pick there, I think, if you're going to make that trade. Um, I did. I Did I not mention the first-round pick? I um, said a 2022 I don't know. Maybe first. I missed it. Maybe I oh, missed it. I said a 2020 food first. Okay. Maybe I didn't Ma- say it. Who knows? All right. Um, uh, yeah, um, so then John Collins, CJ McCollum and John Collins, both great players. I still, even with that, 
I just don't know if this makes a lot of sense for the Hawks. CJ McCollum's a great player, 26 points per game. John Collins, well, I, you know, I don't know. I guess this, yeah, I guess this might be a good trade for the Hawks. I feel like John Collins and CJ McCollum might be about equal. Not equal. John no, Collins, I threw in the other players for. Yeah, John, John, no, John I threw in the other better. players in the pick. Because John, John Collins is a bit better, in my opinion, and he's yeah, obviously John, John five Collins, years young. John Collins and, is better, but when you're getting him and a first, and you have Onyeka Okongwu who can play the four for you, and Kevin Herter is good, but I don't know if he's a starter at the two. He'd definitely not be as right. good as David McCollum. I guess I'd say, yeah, this trade could make sense. Yeah, I'm clearly not as big as a fan of – John Collins as you are, but I really like CJ McCollum, right? He's shooting 47% from the field, 44% from three this season. He's well, averaging I, I, 26 points per game, having the best season of his career. I'm not denying that John – I think C, right now who's a better player, CJ McCollum or John Collins? John Collins. John Collins is 23 and has so many years left to go, and CJ McCollum's 29. Right. Um, but I do really like C.J. McCollum, and I guess I'd say this trade might make sense. The Hawks, they look like they might be able to push for the playoffs. They are, are how they are one and a half game back right now, or one game back right now from the eighth seed. Um, I think they want to push for the playoffs. They're trying to get in lottery picks. C.J. McCollum is a great winner now. Um, he's had, he's all, game, game, all right. We missed what you said there. Can you repeat that? Oh, I said the Hawks are challenging for a playoff spot. TJ McCollum's having the best year of his career. Yeah, I, yeah. that's all I got to say. This could make sense. All right, I'll go on to my big blockbuster trade. And I think when you heard us do – Trade deadline. Talk about the trade deadline. You were expecting an Andre Drummond trade. Um, Andre Drummond. This is a very big trade, not only because of Andre Drummond, but the person in return. I am having the Cleveland Cavaliers send. Um, they are going to send Andre Drummond, and then a twenty twenty two. Uh. A 2022 top three protected first round pick. Um, Damian Dawson and Dean Wade, who are just two young project guys, um, in, in to the Raptors in return for Pascal Siakam. Um, I mm-hmm. think this trade makes sense for both teams. I think that. You have, first of all, um, if you're just looking at the young guys, two just young guys, they haven't done too much yet in Dean Wade and Damian Dotson, but, like, you're just getting them as projects to hope that you can maybe turn them into something. But Pascal Siakam for Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. I Pascal Siakam, in my opinion, is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. 
He was. I could not agree more. He was atrociously bad in the playoffs, like atrociously bad. But nevertheless, you do have to look that in 36 minutes he's averaging 20 points per game. You know, um, 45 from the field. Um, and even 81 from the free throw line. And you know Andre Drummond wants out, and I don't think you're going to get someone better than Pascal Siakam. So I do think you do that. Mm -hmm. And so I do think you need to do that. And then from the Raptors' standpoint, you're looking at Pascal Siakam's pretty overrated. We know this is the best guy the Cavs are going to get. Let's make this deal. I think it makes sense for them. You look at it for um, for the for – the, um, Raptors, you get rid of Siakam, you put Andre Drummond there at the five. In my opinion, the smart thing, they've been starting Norman Powell over Chris Boucher, and I don't know if I quite agree with that. I might, um, and don't get me wrong, I really like Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actually, no, yeah, I think it's the right move to start Norman Powell over Chris Boucher, but, um, even OG Ananobi, you probably start over him, but Chris Boucher, you keep him on the bench. You just put Andre Drummond there at the five. Then the Cavaliers, like in this situation for the Cavaliers, you'd rather not make this trade than make it, but like you have to make it. Andre Drummond's going to get traded, and this is the best you're going to get. So to look at it from there, you're going to, you got Jared Allen at the five, you put Pascal Siakam at the four, you run Shetty Osman or Isaac Okoro at the three, and like you got a good team. And Pascal Siakam is still young. He has a lot of room to grow, and he has time to do it, you know? Um, well, Pascal Siakam's 26. He's 26, which is fairly young. He has time he is to fairly grow. Young. He has time to grow, right? And I think this right. just makes sense for the Cavs because it's the best you're going to get, and it also makes sense for the Raptors. I, I I agree. This is a solid trade for both sides. I definitely agree that Pascal Siakam is one of the most overrated players. The more in the I look NBA. at it, the more I look at it, I don't even think you need to put that first round pick in there. Make that a 2021 second round pick. Mm-hmm. But... In the playoffs last year, he played in 11 games. 17 points, 3.8 assists, 7.5 rebounds on a horrendous 39% from the field. And 18, if you're only taking five threes a game, 18% is horrendous, right? He He's not that good. He's good, in my opinion. It's time to grow. But honestly... I don't see him as a as maybe even as him ever being an all star again. Honestly. Yeah, I agree that he's so overrated. Um and yeah, I just think this trade makes sense. Um for both teams. All right, so we are gonna move on to our next segment. As Rafi mentioned in the intro, there's not been a lot of sports news this weekend as it is the off season. Season in the NBA, in the in the NFL and MLB, but we are going to go over the. We are going to do a team game and a team Rafi for the All Star starters, like they do in the actual NBA. The captains this year are Team LeBron and Team and Team KD. 
Rafi has just called the first pick here. Bit controversial to do that as I'm talking. But Rafi, who do you want? Do you want to be Team KD or Team LeBron? Are we doing Team? Yeah, no, I say let's just put put LeBron and KD in the draft and do Team Rafi and Team Gabe. Okay. So, what's who's your first pick? Um, dun 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 dun. Um, with the first pick in the draft. Okay, that was lame. I'm gonna stop this. Um, uh, tell it, just say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I got it. It it's just not much of a question here. You got this person maybe has not had the best year for anyone in the NBA, but it can't not be LeBron. Yeah, twenty five points. Um, eight point one, um, 8.2 boards, 8.1 assists, you know, two boards and two assists away from averaging a triple double. Like, mm-hmm. even if KD or someone else has had a better year, a little bit, maybe. First of all, I don't know if I'd say they, they have, but it just, it can't not be LeBron. I agree. Uh, no, right. I, I have a my... question about this. Uh-huh. Are we considering like positions or are we just doing our top five players? Positions are included. Okay. Um, I'm going to move on to my pick. I am going to take the person who I think should be the MVP right now. That is Rafa. Can I get a drum roll for the first overall pick for me? I'm taking – no, I lied. It's not the person I think it's going to – I was not going to pick Bradley Beal, but I can't do it. I'm picking Bradley Beal. God damn it. I want Bradley Starting Beal. I want Bradley Beal. Although, was, to be honest, like you said, not MVP. Hate to break it to you, but if they make if the, the playoffs – If the Wizards make the playoffs, yeah, like I have been saying that. Kind of can't but not right be now, Bradley Beal. 32.9 points per game, 4.7 assists, 5.3 boards – Bradley Beal is the most essential to his team than any team in the NBA. Without Bradley Beal, the Wizards are without a doubt the worst team in the NBA. Without a doubt. With Bradley Beal, the Wizards have a small chance at the playoffs. Right. And right now they're burning hot. Just beat the Lakers. What what was it last night, two nights ago? Last night. We've won five in a row. All right. Move on to your second pick. A little bit pissed off at you for taking Bradley Beal. But I'll deal with it. Um, with my next pick, I'm going to go with the other captain in real life, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has had an amazing season. at the four. Um, yeah, Kevin Durant's had an amazing se- season. 29 points per game, 7.3 boards, 5.3 assists. You know, I debatably the best scorer in NBA history. I've said this for a while now. Kevin Durant might just be the hardest player to guard in the NBA. He's, you know, yeah, he's six eleven. He's, he's no, he's listed at six ten. We all know he's really seven foot. Huge wingspan, insanely long arms. But he can also pull. He'll drive in, but he can also then pull you back for a three. Like one of maybe the hard, maybe the hardest player to guard in the NBA. And he's had a great season. And yeah. All right, I'll move on to one of my. Favorite personalities in the NBA. Okay. It's the big man from the Philadelphia. It's, it's Joel Embiid. All right. Yeah, I think that's He's having fair. a great season at center. He's finally meshing with Ben Simmons. Um, got my center 
center spot all sorted out. Just barely took him over Jokic. Yeah. Uh, it came down to personality because it is an all-star game. This is not just completely based off of real life, but I'm taking yeah. to Bradley with my first pick. I'm taking Joel Embiid with my second. I agree with this pick. I mean, he's just had such a good year, 11.3 boards, 30 points. For a long time now, it's been a thing. The Sixers need to either trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. This year, they're finally meshing together. 30 points, 11.3 yeah. boards, 3.1 assists. But for a center, you don't need him to get a bunch of assists. He's MVP finalist right now. Amazing season. Yeah. I agree right, with Move that. on to your third pick. My next pick, again, even if he hasn't had the best season, like, left out of people left on the board. Um, well, actually, you know, considering positions, no, you can still take him because you, you run LeBron at the one. And then you take mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. LeBron has really right. just been, LeBron has really been playing the one for the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard, amazing player, twenty six points per game, six point one boards, four point nine assists, maybe the best defender in the NBA. Um, uh, just an amazing defense amazing perimeter defender, one point seven steals per game, one point eight turnovers per game. And when you're having that defense, debatably the best defense in the NBA, and you're putting up 26.6.1 boards and 4.9 assists, that's an amazing player. You run LeBron at the one, which he's been doing a lot in real life, Kawhi at the three, KD at the four. Got a pretty goddamn good team there. All right, I'll move on to my next pick. I am going to take Giannis on both. Fifth, fifth All-Star selection for the fifth straight year. He is the highest scoring average in All-Star game history through his first five. It's only been five seasons, but still, 27.3 points per game. Shows up in All-Star games. If I if this is if this is the team I'm picking versus the team you're picking, I want Giannis on my team. Running yeah. up before. I mean Giannis is an amazing player. 20- and I've got I've got my I've got my two big men sorted out. Yeah, Giannis is an amazing player. I just we like you took like every. Yeah. You just took like every forward. Twenty-eight like point forward. now. LeBron, uh, Gabe, LeBron's playing the LeBron's playing the one. Twenty-eight point four points per game. 11. Yeah, but nine boards. Um, five point nine assists. Amazing player. You know that's that's a great pick. Even it like mm-hmm. you could say a couple guys could have had a better year, and you might be right, but. Like you can't go wrong with Giannis. Yeah. Um, my next pick. All right, move on to your my next, next pick. pick is um hasn't had as good of a year as Embiid, but is a m- amazing center nevertheless, and that is Nikola Jokic. Jokic is an amazing mm-hmm. player, 26.6 points per game, 11.1 boards, and 8.5 assists. Jokic is actually the closest person to the NBA in averaging a triple-double, which is crazy, saying that he's a center and you're getting um, 8.5 assists. He's one of the best passing centers in NBA history. Then you look at a 40% three-point percentage. That Those are just some amazing stats. He's, solid on, he's pretty good on defense, like 1.7 steals per game. Um, 3.4 turnovers per game, which is great. I mean, he, he's just had a great year, and yeah, he's he's without a doubt. My I, 
I dislike you for that pick. I was gonna take Nikola Jokic and and run an interesting lineup with with point Jokic, Nikola Jokic at point guard. But that is off the table. So I'm gonna take who has to be my starting small forward. It's Luka Doncic. Because the I only two other players left are point guards. I'm taking Luka. Don't think he really deserves to be starting over Dame. But nonetheless, I'm taking Luka Doncic, second-time uh, All-Star. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's amazing, although I might say I'd take Luka over Stephen Curry this year. So I think it's Stephen Curry who should be starting over. Uh, Stephen Curry has to be starting in the All-Star game. That's a rule. It has to be yeah. done. If he's, if he's played majority of the games, he's starting. But nonetheless, Luka Doncic running at the three. And I think I know who you're going to pick. Luka Doncic, amazing player. 28.8 points per game. Um, 8.6 boards, 9.3 assists. Another person that's kind of close to having a triple-double. Just got that size in a guard. It's a great pick. My next pick... I said um, Stephen Curry should should have been over Dame, although I don't think he's the worst player picked. It's just because they're two, both in the Western Conference. I think he's the worst Western Conference player. So I'm going to take Stephen Curry. He will he'll he'll be at the two for me. I know he hasn't really played the two, but he'll he'll manage. Um, Obviously, you always know he's going to be a great three-point shooter, but 29.9 points per game, um, 6.2 boards. Never had a lot of assists, but just 42% from three, which is obviously amazing. He'll just hit a million threes for you. Not amazing on defense. He gets some turnover. He's he's pretty good on defense. He gets a good amount of turnovers, good handles. He, he's a great player who's had a great year. All right. I, I, you mentioned good handles. I'm taking – I mean, I have to take him. He's the last player on the board. But I'm doing a lead handles. I'm taking Kyrie Irving at the point guard, right? This me – he will now be voted to the All-Star game. Three different teams, Cavs, Celtics, Nets. But great player is, in my opinion, it's pretty clear worst All-Star starter. Um. But yeah, Kyrie. Yeah, I mean he's had a good year. So my lineup, my lineup, my final lineup is Kyrie Irving at the one, Bradley Beal at the two, Luka Doncic at the three. There's no no defense. I don't play defense. The Beal at not Beal at the Giannis at the four. Not not Beal at the three. No, I want Bradley Beal in his natural position. Giannis at the four and big man, the pride of Cameroon, Joel Embiid at the five. Well, um, for me, we're running LeBron at the at the one. Uh, um, we're running, yeah, LeBron at the one. Um, we're running. Uh, what's his face? Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Curry at the Steph. Stephen Curry at the two. Um, Kawhi Leonard at the three. Um, uh, Kevin Durant at the four, and then Nikola Jokic at the five. You're go. We'll shut you down on defense with your and with your no defense thing. LeBron with his size at the one, then Curry at the two with the turnovers. Kawhi at the three. Um, 
Kevin Durant, a solid defender at the four. Jokic, this pride of Serbia at the five. But we'll also go on offense with those Curry threes, that LeBron driving, that Kawhi mid-range game, you know, and then that um, all-aroundness by Kevin Durant and that passing and scoring by Nikola. I think my team's got the W here. I disagree. Kyrie Irving will dribble past anyone. I tell you, anyone. Bradley Beal can score from anywhere. Decent playmaker as well. Luka Doncic at the three. I'm running three guards, but I'm, you have to put them in positions. I'm running three guards. Luka Doncic. Boom, boom. Dribbling past you. Oh, oh, step back. Three, swish every single time. Giannis, it's Giannis. Joel Embiid. He'll play defense, he'll grab boards, he'll score monstrous dunks. My team's beating your team in a five-on-five. Disagree with that. But um, moving on to our next, um, uh, I guess, um, segment. You know, we have each team, college basketball team's got a couple days left, a couple games left in the regular season. But after that... Mm -hmm. Where it's full in on the conference championships. Well, we just couldn't wait till the regular season was over. We had to get to predicting these um, um, right now. So we are going to give you um, our winner for e- each Power Five conference and who they beat in the conference championships. So I'll start off first here with the ACC. Um, in the mm-hmm. ACC, obviously, um, usually, uh, usually one of the best, if not the best, conferences in sports. This year was a down year for the ACC, but um, there is one team that has shined out, and that is Florida State. Florida State. I also Florida State. Florida State beat all beat the top teams. They beat Virginia. You know, they beat Louisville, who wasn't ranked at one point, but it, who is good. You know, that they had a bad loss to Clemson and another one to UCF, but they beat good teams, and they are definitely the best team in the ACC. And then for my runner-up, I have the team that my Duke Blue Devils just beat. Sorry, Gabe. I know they're not in here. We're talking about college basketball. I'm going to talk about Duke. Um the Duke Blue Devils are back at it in the in the first four out in Lenardi's bracket. If we win out, we're in the tournament. We got this. But Virginia, great team. Um, obviously a bad loss to Duke, but um, and then but they lost to Florida State. But they've had some good wins. They beat UNC, who's not a great team, but they're pretty good. They had another bad loss to Virginia Tech, but they beat Syracuse. They beat Clemson. Um, they beat. They lost to Gonzaga, but they even beat some fine teams like Notre Dame. They just haven't had just many amazing loss um, wins, and I think that Florida State just would definitely beat them here. Yeah, I I have I have Florida State winning, but I don't have Virginia in the semifinals. I don't have Pitt. I'm not, I'm not going full bias. I have Virginia Tech. They're a really solid team. They beat Pitt a few weeks ago. I think it'll come down to between Virginia and Virginia Tech. 
Virginia Tech beat Virginia earlier in the season. I they they have. They, I don't know. I don't know. They've just been good. They they have been really good this season, but in the past they lost. They just they lost to Georgia Tech today, which was a bad loss. But I mean, I know, I'm still. I, that could definitely happen. I just have that. I just think that Virginia defense. I like. It's just too good um, to not at least make it to the finals. But I definitely could see that happening. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm taking moving on Virginia Tech. To, Mostly because Pitt beat them, but I'm taking Virginia Moving on to the Big 12. I There's just not much of a question on who's there's winning. Not, there's, you don't, we don't need to talk about this one, really. The winning, we don't need to talk about who's winning because that's Baylor. Baylor, debatably mm-hmm. the best team in college basketball. I'd still probably take Gonzaga, but they are debatably the best team. Um, and the real question mm-hmm. here is, is the runner-up. Um, but for the runner-up, I don't have Oklahoma. I don't have West Ooh. Virginia. I don't have Kansas. Okay. I have the Texas Longhorns. I know they're coming off of a bad loss from West Virginia. Interesting. They, they're coming off of a bad loss from West Virginia, but I still think that Texas is a good team. They're playing Kansas tonight, and I think they'll prove people wrong and beat them. They've had some good wins. They had a bad loss to Oklahoma State, but besides that, their losses are to top teams like Baylor, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech, but they've had some good wins. They then beat West Virginia. They've beaten Kansas. They've beaten Oklahoma State. Um and they've had some good wins, and I just I really like how they play. I really like their power forward Greg Brown, but just their whole mm-hmm. team is a very very good, and I think that they do make it to the finals in the Big Twelve. All right, I obviously have uh, obviously have Baylor winning the Big Twelve. I mean, I think they are the second best team in college basketball right now. Um, I have Kansas as the runner-up for the opposite reason you have Texas as the runner-up. Texas plays Kansas tonight. Kansas has... And I think they um, edge out... Gabe, uh, you lagged there again mm-hmm. a little bit, I think. Can you repeat that? I said I have, I have Kansas as the runner-up yeah. for the exact opposite reason of Texas as the runner-up. I think Kansas... Beat Texas tonight. I just they don't think Texas Kansas tonight. is. A, I just don't think Kansas is as good of a team as Texas. Texas, Texas is just Texas is I, just better defensively. I never said they were, but that it's a it's an eight, it's a tournament that is completely knockout rounds. I mean, Kansas, Kansas. Kansas has I, had losses to West Virginia, Tennessee, Oklahoma. They had a loss to Oklahoma. They lost to Oklahoma State. I am taking Kansas because I want to take Kansas. La- last time Texas and they're going to beat Texas tonight. Last time Texas and Kansas. And this wait, is the boldest Dave, take of all time. Dave, this last, is the boldest take of all Dave, time. Wait, wait, wait. Last time Kansas and Texas played, Kansas Texas wiped the floor with Kansas. They beat them eighty-four to fifty-nine. I mean, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. This is the hottest take. That I might have ever made on this on this show, Kansas beats Baylor on February twenty seventh. No way. 
I'm calling it. It's college basketball. Anything can happen. No reasoning behind it whatsoever. Anything There's no can, way why anything, it should happen. Anything can but happen. Kansas in March. wins. Anything can happen in March. It happens in the regular season. It's not even. It, I'm taking Kansas because right. I feel like it. Okay, great. Re- um, some you know really analyst reasoning there. Yes, but, um, um, it's very good reasoning. Moving on to the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, I do not have Michigan winning. Do not have Illinois winning. Ooh, do not have Ohio State winning. I have Iowa. Guess Iowa. I yep. have Iowa. Called it. Iowa. Called it. Iowa. Called it. Iowa. Michigan may be better than Iowa, but I'd say I was a bit, a little bit better, and I think that means I think I was the third best team in college basketball. Um. Obviously, it goes Gonzaga. Baylor. Iowa had some not. I think Iowa has great. a really Iowa has a really tough schedule left. Left they have they're mm-hmm. playing Michigan, Ohio State, and Ohio State and Wisconsin. They're playing three ranked teams, two of which are in the top four. They have a really tough schedule left. But in the past, they've beaten Wisconsin. Um, they had a bad loss to Indiana. They did lose to Ohio State last time they played, and they lost to Illinois. And they lost to Indiana. Like they've had not, they've had some. Yeah, they've not had. Yeah, no, they've haven't played as well recently. They've had some bad losses, but they're so good when they're playing well. And just watching them, I really like the way that they play. That I, I just think they're a really good team. They, they came close to beating Gonzaga. um, But that was way early in the season. And they still lost by 11. It was a closer game, but they still lost by 11 in the end. Their biggest problem right? is their some... defense. Their biggest problem is their defense. Right. They're not good on defense. And I, I might say that they're Michigan consistently better... giving up 80 plus, 80 plus points. Maybe, maybe, maybe Michigan's better. And looking back at it, yeah, I might think Michigan's better. But I don't know. I really like Iowa. I. I have Michigan winning. And my runner-up is, drumroll, Rafi, I need a drumroll for this. I feel like I need a drumroll for this. Give me it, give me it. You guys can't hear it, but it's there. I'm taking Ohio State. They are. Ohio State, in my opinion, is overrated. They get outmatched on the perimeter every game. Taking Ohio State. They have been on fire recently. They just lost to Michigan two days ago, but they've been on fire recently. I think they made a, I think they make a good run in the tournament. It does come to an end in what I think will be an embarrassing loss for Ohio State as Michigan finally is able to beat Ohio State in a major sport. Yeah, it's funny how the biggest Michigan-Ohio uh, State game this year was basketball. Right. It's. I mean, Ohio yeah, State. But, Ohio State has lost to Purdue. They've lost to Minnesota. Minnesota's a good team. Dude, you you you're saying you're ta- you're talking about these embarrassing losses when you have Iowa winning. They've the Big lost 10. to Northwestern. You have Iowa winning winning the Big Purdue. Ten. You cannot be talking about embarrassing losses. They get outmatched on the perimeter. I I'm taking I'm taking Ohio State. They they've been red hot recently. Besides the loss to Michigan just a few days ago, but you can't be talking about embarrassing losses when you have Iowa winning the Big Ten. Iowa didn't lose to Northwestern, Gabe. Uh, Yeah, Iowa lost to Minnesota 
Yeah. Minnesota's a top 30 team in college basketball. Indiana yeah. is solid too. Northwestern is who knows if they'll even make the NIT. I am taking I I, I will I'm say that Ohio I might I will say right that I might have changed my mind. I probably have about Michigan versus Iowa. Yeah. But um I do still think Iowa is a great team. All right. So moving on to the next conference, we got the Pac-12. And this year in the Pac-12, I don't even – there's only one really good team, and that's USC. Obviously, USC is carried by Yvonne Mobley, their star freshman, but they are a pretty good, they are a pretty good team. Um, they are a pretty good team, even if they haven't had lots of competition um, in the Pac-12. They beat Oregon. They had a bad loss to Arizona, but they beat they beat UCLA. They haven't played many like ranked teams. Right. I don't know. If, the, have the they Pac-12 even? Twelve just isn't good this year. I don't know if they played one ranked team the whole year. They've not played one ranked. Team yeah, but the whole I still year, but the think Pac-12 just isn't. Yeah, good. I still think it's USC, and I have backing them up. I have Oregon. Oregon, I think, is a pretty good team this year. Um. They've never been in the top 25, at least not since the very beginning of the year, if they were. But um, they're still a pretty good team. They're definitely a team that I think should make the tournament. They had a loss to USC, who I have winning. But they they have some bad losses against Washington State and Oregon State. Again, like them, they haven't played anyone notable or beaten anyone notable. Um, They also lost to Missouri. But I think Oregon's the second-best team in the Pac-12. It was really tough deciding the runner-up for me between Oregon and UCLA, but I did eventually end up taking Oregon, as you did, right? Pac-12 just isn't that good, so teams aren't going to be playing a ton of ranked opponents, right? I I have Oregon, right? Pac-12 just isn't good. Yeah. All right. All right. So, moving on to the SEC, this is going to be probably – this is definitely my hottest take in this whole podcast. Oh, okay. I'd say one, one of the hotter takes I've had on this podcast ever. By the way, when I said this podcast, um, definitely hard, um, hottest take I've had on this episode. One of the hottest takes I've had ever, maybe. I have mm-hmm. I'm listening. the Florida Gators beating Alabama. In that SEC oh. championship, I I don't I, know. I Florida. I don't think they've been in the top twenty-five all year, beating I think nope. maybe ranked top ten they, in Alabama. But they've beaten some good teams, and I really like Florida this year. The way they play, the way they space the floor, outmatching them again in the paint. They beat West Virginia. They beat Tennessee. They've had some bad losses, but they've beaten some great they've beaten some great teams. West Virginia, Tennessee, LSU. I really like this Florida team. And I think even if they're not a better team than Alabama, I think in one game I'm calling the upset. All right. Uh, I don't know in a one-game matchup who's winning between Alabama and Florida, but I just don't think Florida can make the run to even make the final. So I have Alabama winning. 
I've got to be honest with you. I did not come up with a run because I watched zero SEC basketball. But I, I mean, the most common, games the most common one would be Arkansas or LSU, mm-hmm. but I, I'd say Florida um, I, or even Tennessee or Missouri. But All right. I'll take – I don't know. I'm taking Alabama to win. Don't ever run around. And Gabe, that does wrap take, up. Gabe, take Florida to be a runner. I'm not going to take Florida. I will take um, South Carolina. It's the first SEC team I could think of. Are they? I'm assuming they're really, really bad. Yes, their overall record is 5-11 and 11 for a conference record of 3-9. and nine. SEC are the runners up in the S. South Carolina's South Carolina are the runners up in the SEC. Okay, that's besides the point. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Check out our Instagram at All Star Sports Podcast and our website www.allstarsportspod.com. Peace out. Peace.